Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, uh, we're picking up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. We're gonna, we'll be looking at verses 1 to 8. The title of our message is His Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit. Something I didn't really understand growing up in the religion that I was in, I, I didn't understand that when I received the Holy Spirit in my life, that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. I used to do this a lot, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I did that a lot, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I understood Father in heaven, Jesus, the Son of God died on the cross, but I never really understood about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. Jesus said, he says, I won't leave you orphans. I won't leave you by yourself. He says, I'll pray the Father, and the Father will send the Comforter, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit shall be with you, and the Holy Spirit shall be inside of you, in you. And that's what it means about, means being born again, born of the Holy Spirit. I, I remember, you know, hearing people, you know, they said that, oh, well, I'm born again. I thought, wow, that's a crazy thing. What is this born again stuff? And I didn't understand it. I really didn't. But then I realized someone confronted me with, don't you know Jesus Christ said you must be born again? It was Jesus. And he told a very religious man called Nicodemus, and he says, Nicodemus, you must have a spiritual birth. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. You must be born again. So we're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit in our text. And I'd like to put up on the screen, actually, the different names of the Holy Spirit, the different attributes of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully that'll shrink up real quick here, but uh, so until it does. So the Holy Spirit's called the Comforter, brings us comfort. The Helper, he gives us help. The Spirit of, can we say that out loud? truth. He brings truth. The spirit of wisdom, the one who convicts the world of sin, the one that seals us, the one that guides us, the guiding, the direction of the Holy Spirit, right? The one that lives inside of us. We just talked about that, right? And there, I put 16 up here, and hopefully you guys can shrink this down and give me my corners if you can. Uh, <laughs> the one that teaches us, the Holy Spirit teaches us truth, the revealer of truth not only teaches us, but reveals truth. Do you ever notice that uh, something comes your way or you meet someone and it's like, oh, something's wrong. It's a revealer of truth. It reveals there's something wrong with what they're saying or what they're doing. The spirit of life, the spirit of glory, the spirit of adoption. He adopts us into his family. The spirit of holiness. We're going to be talking about that. The spirit of grace. And I don't know if you can read this one or not. The eternal spirit the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us to sanctify us, to change us. But every day we need the Holy Spirit to guide us, direct us, teach us. All these things that, that we just looked at, we need daily the Holy Spirit. Amen? So that's one of the things we're gonna look at here in our text. I'm gonna ask if you can please stand with me. I'm gonna go ahead and read verses one to eight. 
and we're going to talk about different things, but we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. One more thing, I forgot to mention this. If there's young ears here, we will be talking about some sensitive things here. So uh, if you have anybody here, they're young, um, this uh, material that we're going to be talking about, out of the Word of God, uh, we don't shy away from the Word of God, but if there's any young ones here, just a warning, uh, we will be talking about some sensitive things. So now would be a good time to make sure that they're not here to be able to hear this. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1, Paul, the apostle, talking to new believers, says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us, how you ought to walk and to, can we say that out loud? Please, God, that you know what commandments, for you, excuse me, for you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your, can we say that out loud? sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testify. Verse 7, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but in can we say it together? Holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his, can we say that? Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray over these eight verses. I pray over the screen back here. I pray they fix that and pray that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. As a way of reminder, Paul the Apostle is talking to, writing to, if you will, new believers there in Thessalonica. We've looked at this already. He was in Thessalonica on his second missionary journey. Many came to faith in Jesus Christ. He was forced out of the city because of uh, religious leaders of the time. They didn't like him. They were envious of him, jealous of him. They drove him out of town, basically. He kept writing to them saying that I want to go back. I want to be with you guys. I want to disciple you. I want to pour into you. I want to impart to you things to help mature you. But he was hindered. Remember, it says Satan hindered him. And we looked at the fact Satan hindered him, but actually that was a good thing that Satan hindered him because that started Paul the Apostle writing letters. Now we have scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit. So here it looked like there was something that was bad that was happening, but God actually did a greater work by stopping Paul so he would, was forced to write all these letters, and it's blessed millions upon millions upon millions of people throughout the ages. So the hindrance was good. Paul didn't give up. He knew that they needed to be discipled, if you recall. He sent young Timothy over there. Timothy went there. Timothy uh, came back, brought news back to Paul the Apostle, told Paul the Apostle, says, hey, these guys are doing great. They're walking by faith. They're walking in love. But I believe part of the report, which we don't have specifically, but part of the report, I believe what happened was that there must have been some problems with them thinking it's okay regarding sexual sins. And there's, you know, don't even worry. So there, that must have came back because he's addressing this pretty strong. And so that's what brings us back to verse one. Finally, then brethren. So he, he says, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you abound more and more just as you've received from us. Let's stop there. Basically, this exhorting, he's saying, I beg you guys to abound more and more, meaning to mature. I believe I put a definition here. So uh, to abound means to excel, to increase, to grow. He, he's speaking about their spiritual maturity. So he's saying, guys, I, I know you guys started off good, but don't lose it now. Don't fall prey to this world. 
I want you to grow. And I want you to grow not just a little bit. I want you to grow more and more. You and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, I hope you understand this. You and I are in a battle. A battle for you to fall to the world and to the flesh into a world system that's against God. A battle of the evil one. His name's Satan. And there's, he's got his minions that are wanting us to fall. If we fall prey to those temptations, if we go back to the world, if we start walking in the ways that we used to walk, we're going to lose out in the battle. Not only that, we're not going to mature. We're not going to grow in the things. So Paul's saying, I, I know you guys started well, but I want you to finish well. I want you to grow. When the whole virus thing took place two and a half years ago, we were on our face. We were asking God at one of the prayer meetings. We were just, you know, seeking the Lord. Okay, Lord, this is your church. And God made things very clear to us. Open the doors. Keep those doors open. This is my church. No one has the right to shut my doors. I will open an effective door. Nobody can shut it. And God just blessed it. And God used it in a powerful way. But one of the things at the prayer meeting, the, I believe the Lord impressed on my heart strongly, personally, because I was like, okay, Lord, now what? And I believe the Lord made it very clear, finish, two words, finish well. And I'm kind of excited about that because when I hear, I used to run track, I'm like, finish well? That means that there's a, the finish line's probably not too far ahead here. But finish well. And I believe that's what Paul's saying to these young believers, finish well. You started well, finish well. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't fall prey to the flesh. Don't fall prey to the lies. Finish well. Keep pushing forward. Keep doing what I've called you to do. But look back in our text. But he also tells them, as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to, can we say that out loud? When the Bible talks about a walk, it talks about a lifestyle, our daily practical lifestyle. How, how are we to walk? So Paul is reminding them and reminding us, we're to walk in a way that pleases God. And my question, my challenge to all of us, are you living a life to please God? Or are you living a life to please yourself? Or even worse, are you living a life to please others? Being set apart for the Lord, we're, we're called to be pleasing to God. And, and if we're walking in sin, we're, we're not going to be able to be in that place where, where we can please God. And, and God's desiring that we walk in such a way that we please him. And Paul's reminding those in Thessalonica, the letter goes to a church, so it's for us, walk in a way that pleases God. Back when I moved out here from Michigan, after we were married, my wife and I had to wait for my house to sell in Michigan before we could buy a house. And so finally the house sold after a year, and that was a, you know, kind of a trying time. Like, really, Lord, are you, do you want us to go back to Michigan? Please, I don't want to go there. <laughs> you said to be content no matter what state I'm in. I don't want to be in that state. I don't want to be there. <laughs> So we were looking for homes here, and it actually, we were going to Calvary Costa Mesa under Chuck Smith, so we wanted to live close by the church, and so we looked in the, the, the area, Santa Ana area, and I kid you not, I, 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 this is just what happened. We walked in one of the homes, we walked in the front door. As I walked right in the door, didn't even look at the house yet, the Lord spoke to my heart, said, this is your home, and I was like, that is awesome. And I'm like, I hope my wife likes it because I don't even know what it looks like. And I literally turned to her. I said, honey, the Lord said, this is our home. And she's like, are you really? And I said, yeah. It's like, and she's like, I love it. It's beautiful. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. So we put a very low offer. And I'm thinking, well, if it's our home, you know, they're going to make it, get a good deal here. So we went way under. And houses were selling at the time like hotcakes, you know. So, but we put a very low offer in. I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you know, and they declined. 
And so I, I started praying. I says, listen, hon, I, honey, I said, if this is the Lord, they're not going to be able to sell this house. So what we did is we had an apartment. I said, let's go to the apartment for six months and we'll just pray. And so we, we, we right around the corner, we went, moved into an apartment. Five months later, I call up the real estate person. I says, hey, you know that home that we put an offer in? He goes, yeah, he goes, he goes uh, strange thing. He says, it's fallen out of escrow two or three times. It's still on the market. I said, really? <laughs> so we made another offer. They accepted the offer. We moved into the home. I guess my point is just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and being sensitive, you know, to, that we're pleasing Him, that we're pleasing God, and to the, having that sensitivity to, to what He wants, what He's saying. And, and so I wish I could say all the time, like every day, He just speaks loud and clear. No, primarily He speaks through His Word, and He desires to speak to us. He desires that we walk in all of His ways because... That's what he desires. Amen? When we lived in the area, I went on a walk near the, there's railroad tracks over there. And as I was walking, I picked up a pebble in my shoe. And so I'm trying to walk. And so it, it, it's in my shoe. And then it was like really painful. I was like, oh man, that's terrible. And I kept walking. And you know, I'm spending time with the Lord, just talking to the Lord. And as I'm walking, I'm like, oh man. And so Lord, and like, and then after a while, it kind of, worked its way in a special place inside of my foot. And I was like, that's not so bad. And I was like, well, that's really not so bad. And I kept walking. I'm thinking, this is, you know, this is pretty good. And I can walk like this. And every once in a while, it's like, oh, okay, it's still in there. And then, then I'm like, you idiot, just take it out of your shoe. <laughs> and I took it out. I dumped it out. And, I, and then I felt the Lord use that to show me that we can do that sometimes with sin. You let sin get in and you're like, oh man, that's terrible. Oh God, I'm sorry. Then it's like, after a while, it's like, well, that's not so bad. And I can learn to live with this sin and I can walk with this sin. But the problem is if we don't go to the cross, if we don't dump it out on the cross, if we don't repent of it, if we don't give it to the Lord, that sin in our life will not please God. And we're called to please God, amen? I believe we're living in a world that has no regard for God. You see things that are taking place, and especially in this state that we're living in, you're like, are you kidding me? Is, does anybody want to please God in this state? And other things that we see taking place, I believe that we've been looking at this time and time again, but I believe as we're talking about pleasing God, and I believe it's so important that we do please God, but as we look at things that are taking place, I believe not only are the things that are taking place in our world and in this, in this state and in this country, a lot of it's not pleasing to God, but a lot of it is actually pointing towards the return of Jesus Christ coming back to the earth, taking us to be with him. Amen? Amen. So we've got a few things I want to share with you. This is terrible. This just came out. A new study reveals that only two-thirds of pastors... Excuse me, new study reveals that two-thirds of pastors don't have a biblical worldview. Two-thirds of the pastors do not have, that's two out of three, do not have a biblical worldview. That's terrible. That's a, a, a Barna report that came out, George Barna. So that's, that's not pleasing to God. If we don't have a biblical worldview, how do we know which way to go? Amen? How about this? Did you guys see this? Elon Musk, listen to this, SpaceX... He says, we'll, we'll end cell phone dead zone worldwide. And you might say, well, pastor, why does that excite you? Well, think through this. Uh, Revelation chapter 11, there's going to be two witnesses. Remember, they're going to be killed and put in, they're going to be laid in the street. They're not going to bury them for three and a half days, right? It tells us the whole world will be able to see them. Well, there's a lot of dry spots around the world, but Elon Musk is saying, no, no, we're going to fix all that. We're going to make sure everyone around the world can see 
from their cell phone what's going on around the world. So interesting stuff taking place. Then you've got this, World Economic Forum's looking to normalize implantable tracking chips. So they're making an announcement saying everyone should have this chip in them, all the babies. We should put chips in them right away. And that, if you think of it without the Bible physically, that sounds like a good thing. It's like, well, you won't lose your children. You'll know where they're at at all times, so that sounds good. Uh, you won't need keys anymore to get into your car. You just put your hand up there like this. You won't need to bring your wallet at all to buy or sell. You just go to the store and just go like this. You know, Amazon's doing a lot of the palm reading here. Someone told me that uh, Starbucks went cashless. They're going, is that right here in Southern California? Someone told me, yeah, they're going cashless in Southern. So this is where we're going. Why do I say that? Well, don't we know Revelation 13 talks about you're not going to be able to buy or sell without a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. Interesting stuff that we're seeing. But we're seeing a lot of this coming together all at the same time. How about this? Jerusalem Post. This is a Jewish man that's writing this. says, is God punishing the United States of America? He says, it is a challenge for me to believe that the series of plagues that have befallen the United States of America of late are not part of some heavenly master plan. You might say, where is that in prophecy? Well, the Bible tells us in the last days, listen, no one will stand with the nation of Israel. We are not standing right now with the nation of Israel. Do you know that? I've had people argue with me, no, 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 Biden, he likes Israel. It's like, really, why is he negotiating with Iran? God says, I will bless those that bless the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will curse those that curse the, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I believe, personally believe, that what's happening, it's all part of fulfilled prophecy. What is going to take place is that no one's going to stand with the nation of Israel. Why? Because the Battle of Gog of Magog, Russia, Turkey, Iran will come on, down from the north and attack Israel, and God himself will protect them. Amen? Then you have this. State Assembly passes bill making state, the state of California, transgender refuge for kids. So if they want to have medical treatments, uh, they're trying to make our state this. Do you think that's pleasing to God? But I always love to end with good news when I do news. So former Kansas teacher to receive 95000 from district that disciplined her for refusing to use preferred pronouns and to lie to parents. So she, she won the case. <laughs> Verses that go with this as we talk about pleasing God. I love this. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away that he did not see death. You know, Enoch was the one that was raptured. When we get to heaven, I hope I get to see the DVD what happened when he got raptured. I'm his friends where they just talk. Was he talking to his friends? It's like, where did he not go? He's gone. Listen to this. For he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, before God raptured him, he had this testimony that he did what? He pleased God. And God says, that's my favorite one. Come up here. He was pleasing to God. First Thessalonians 2, 4. It says, but as we have been approved by God, Paul talking, to be entrusted with the, can we say that out loud, gospel? That's the good news. Do you know every one of us as believers have been entrusted with the good news, the gospel, right? But listen to this. This is what he says. It's entrusted to us. He says, even so we speak. So the gospel has been given to all of us. My question and my challenge to all of us, are we speaking it? Are we telling people? This is why. Not as pleasing who? Man. You know, when you speak the gospel, people are not going to be too pleased with you. You're not to please man, but who? God, who tests our hearts. Last one we're going to look at that goes with this. Proverbs 16, 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his 
enemies at peace with him. I believe that's a general statement. Generally speaking, that's what God will do when you are pleasing to God, when you do things God's way. That's what happens back in our text. For this is the will of God. Your, can we say that out loud, please? Sanctification. That you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know, should know how to possess his own vessel. That's where the vessel of the Holy Spirit, so your own body, in sanctification and honor, not in passions of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. When Paul the Apostle wrote this, the Roman world was very perverse. Even their ways of worship was sexual and perverse. And, and I believe, again, that Timothy came back and said, hey, somebody's lying to these guys. Somebody's telling them it's okay that they're, what they're doing, sexual sin is okay. So Paul's making it very clear. says, no, you're sanctified. You're to be set apart. So the definition, so that's sanctified means set apart to God and holy, pure. Sexual immorality, it's the, the Greek word pornea, where we get to our word pornography. It's fornication, speaking of sex outside of a biblical marriage between a man and a woman. We, before you could just say marriage, which we can't do, we gotta just talk about, you know, no, between a man and a woman. Abstain means to avoid doing it, to keep from doing it, to depart. I wanna make this clear as we talk about sex, sexual sins, to abstain. The Roman world was perverse. I, I believe we're living in a world that's very perverse right now. And it's not like God is in heaven and he's this, this killjoy, like, okay, I'm gonna give you guys these passions, these desires, but you can't use it. No, it, he created sex. He created it to be in the confines of marriage and that's what it's for. And so if it's outside of marriage, it's dangerous. So God's just saying, these are the parameters. This is, you know, this is for your pleasure. This is for, you know, to, to have children. And this is good for in the marriage. But outside of the marriage, it's dangerous. And so the warning goes out for every one of us to beware, be careful. One of the best illustrations I can think of is a, a fireplace. When you have a fireplace in your home and it, you, the heat comes out, it looks good and you get warmth from it. It smells good and everything's great. But if you had to take that same fire that's good, nothing wrong with the fire, and you put it out on the carpet, that's gonna burn your house down. And same thing with, with, with sex and, and passion and all these things, they're in the right place. It's awesome, it's powerful, it's wonderful. But outside of that, it's dangerous. And so beware, and the warning, the warning goes out. Only by the Holy Spirit can we do anything to please God. We need more of Him in our lives. Friday, we had uh, David and Terry Newman. They, they renewed their vows, but on the same day, their 50-year wedding anniversary here in this place. It was so awesome. And I, I shared a verse out of Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12. It says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him for a threefold what? cord is not quickly broken. And, and I believe that's the Holy Spirit in our marriages. When the Holy Spirit is binding us close together, it's like a three-strand cord. It's not easily broken. You can't break that, that cord. And for those that are married here, I just say, make sure the Holy Spirit's binding you guys together. Make sure in your marriage that it's the Holy Spirit that's keeping you guys close to each other. If there's things in there that are trying to, to get you away from that closeness with your spouse, repent, turn from it. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to do that work 
binding you close. Single people that are here right now, just trust in the Holy Spirit to lead you, to direct you. Those passions, those desires, uh, they're for a time and a place. So keep looking to him. He's your husband. or He's, he's the one that you, you keep looking to and count on, rely on the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? God, the Spirit, lives inside of you. You know that what I'm telling you, Paul's saying, is right, and what they're telling you is a lie. Listen to the truth of the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. Live a holy life. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Heart. If you verse. would like to enter into our personal relationship no one relationship should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. So somebody was lying to them That's saying, oh, sexual sin, it's okay. God understands. Our new location is at 4121 Warren Avenue in Huntington Beach we'll deal with those that are lying at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. And he goes on and says, but now, warned you. may we continue to go to his and throne says, of mercy call us to as he changes us from lost. glory to glory. But in holiness, therefore he who rejects this does not reject man. So Paul's making it very clear. This isn't my commandment. If you reject this, you're not rejecting me, but God. But then the main point is who has given